Hello and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. This is Volume 5, Issue 213, Her Story. It's worth saying before we get into any uh, any of the usual pre-show information that uh, this show was due to be Ori and the Blind Forest, but due to the uh, the DLC that's coming out, the, uh, the sort of deluxe edition that's going to be coming, we've pushed that recording back to the summer. You will now find that in Volume 5 on the 3rd of July 2016, which will be issue 228, and we've moved uh, her story up to this spot. In between now and then, you can play along with Kane and Rinse Volume 5. The next five issues are Final Fight, then an issue on Doom and Doom 3, Resurrection of Evil, then Beyond Two Souls, then back to The Legend of Zelda with Ocarina of Time, and then it's Conker's Bad Fur Day. You can find articles, features, reviews, links to our forum, Facebook page, YouTube channel, and the rest of our Volume 5 schedule beyond those next five shows at canandrince.com. You can also find there a link to our Patreon. Just to say, there's no content hidden behind paywalls. If you don't wish to contribute or aren't able to, everything we create and produce will still be free and available to you. However, if you do feel that you'd like to support the show with a donation uh, of a dollar or more if you'd like per month that will help us help keep us going support our uh, our costs for keeping the site up and the, the podcast at the standards that we've we've been doing so for uh, nearly four and a half years now you can find that at patreon.com or as i say link from our uh, our website if you prefer to get some physical goods in return for your money, we also have a shop where you can support the podcast by purchasing good quality Cane and Rinse t-shirts and bags. Each purchase also nets us a couple of quid, again, to support the, uh, the podcast. All purchases, Patreon donations are much appreciated. The other thing you can do to support us is check out our video games music podcast, our fortnightly video games music podcast, Sound of Play. It's on a separate podcast feed, so look for that in your podcast software of choice. And if you would also be so kind when you're adding Sound of Play to your your podcast schedule, to review, rate and subscribe to both that and this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn or any other podcast software uh, that you happen to use that just helps get a bit extra sort of coverage for for us and a bit extra awareness for us amongst other potential listeners so thank you for anyone who's uh, who's done that or decides to now as you're listening i'm james carter and joining me in this issue joshua garrity hello there ryan Heyman. i didn't kill anyone and for the first time in a long time we're on the same podcast tony atkins but i did (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we are talking her story from 2015. A bit of background to the game. It is uh, designed and written by Sam Barlow, who has a a pretty significant sort of um, history in, in video gaming's, notably as far as Kane and Rince are concerned. We have covered Silent Hill Origins and Silent Hill Shattered Memories on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, of of Sam Barlow's involvement uh, in those games, he was lead designer and writer. But Sam's first game actually came before he was strictly speaking part of the the video gaming industry. Uh, back when he was over working in uh, in the states um, for a tech company, 
His first game in 1999, he was the sole developer, and it's called Isle. Now, Ryan, I believe you've played this recently. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it's really hard to to gauge whether or not you've beaten it, so to speak, because it is like um, it's like a text adventure game where it asks you for a prompt of what do you do next. But the twist is that any option that you choose ends the story, and so you're given this uh, situation of this guy standing in a in the aisle of a uh, of a grocery market and you know admiring some of the uh, noki on the shelf and you know there's a woman in front of him in the aisle that stretches north and south and 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 you just have to enter into the text box what you want him to do and there's you know dozens of possible ways that the story can go and it's interesting because it does kind of have a little bit of that like her story element to it where you are entering text based on you know what you think might be there and uh, you can learn certain things from some of the um, some of the branches some of the endings that you can then input into your solution to uh, to trigger I guess what might be considered like more true or more satisfying endings like uh, you can learn the name of his uh you know his love interest and you can choose to call her and then that gives you some insight as to where that relationship is now and and so um yeah it, it the seeds for her story were sown all the way back in aisle uh, and so if anyone is interested in it it is playable online for free and that is spelled a-i-s-l-e not one of the other many spellings of that word uh, excellent yeah that's really interesting um for Two reasons, I think, really, that I immediately think of. First of all, if that was a visual game, would you know it was Noki that you were looking at, as opposed mm. to when it's a text adventure and you get that kind of detail brought out to you? Just that struck me. That's interesting. And the second is that um, Firewatch was released relatively recently, and I know that um, Sean Man- Vanneman and Cohort um, actually produced a um, a Twine version of, of that story first just to check it worked, etc. And that's something that's quite yeah. popular these days to do. It's quite an interesting tool for getting your narrative structure sorted. Um, and that obviously leads back to text adventure games and everything. So uh, interesting that that's where Sam Barlow kind of uh, first made his foray into an interactive um, story like that. Um, so, as I mentioned, a couple of Silent Hill games and um, a couple of unreleased games in Sam Barlow's uh, sort of back catalogue, as it were. Uh, notably, Legacy of Cain, Dead Son. He was director on that unreleased game, which would have obviously joined the many other games in the Legacy of Cain series. Uh, and and this is also the place where he first worked with uh, Viva Seifert. Uh, apologies if that's not the correct pronunciation of her name. Um was on that abandoned project, so that was um, that was worked on sometime after two thousand and nine, but before Sam started working on uh, on her story. The composer for uh, for her story, a lot of sort of uh, incidental music and that kind of thing uh, that we'll talk about a bit later is uh, Chris Zabriskie and uh, and and his work. I haven't I've got to say heard any of previously, but he's uh, released quite a few uh, albums of his own own work. Now, can I ask a question about this? I don't know if you have the the background, but is the music composed for this game or is it just part of his music that they, uh, maybe it was open source or maybe it was, mm. you know, licensed from him? Because 
I have heard at least a couple of the pieces used in this game in uh, the background of the uh, the lore podcast, uh, mm. a podcast where they talk about like urban legends and stuff like that. And, you know, it struck me as like, oh, yeah, that's definitely her story soundtrack. Well, the interesting thing is that uh, Chris Zabriskie uh, on his Wikipedia page, it does list uh, her story as a separate um, musical release of his. Um, okay, now, interesting. But the other thing it also says is he has been a pretty significant campaigner for distributing music freely or or without a lot of restrictions. Um, so he he's made a lot of his music available as essentially open license. Mm. Maybe there's a common theme or something that runs through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a, a lot of his uh, a lot of his music is is available um, in that respect, and he's gone back. Uh, as he's become more involved with Creative Commons side of music, he's gone back and and released a lot of his previous music and released the rights around that. Um, so in in theory, it could well be those podcasts have picked his music because it's um, freely available for them to do so, um, or it could be that. So so it's not necessarily that the music wasn't made for her story, is what I'm saying. Um, it still could have ended up other places without restrictions anyway her story was released for uh, pc mac and ios uh, the only platforms it's been released on to date uh, on the 24th of june 2015 um so that leads on quite nicely to our histories with with the game it's been out nine months um and i suppose the platform we played it on will also make a, a difference um but for myself uh, actually no my story comes later. I need to hear Ryan's first. Uh, Ryan, what's your history with uh, with this game? How did you hear about it and when did you first play it? Yeah, this was one that I wasn't tracking beforehand. I, I hadn't heard about it until the day that it came out, but the word of mouth was so uh, kind of, you know, off the charts on the day that it came out. And it looked like it was just my thing, despite not having a huge affection for FMV games in the past. Um I had to check it out, and so I did pick it up on day one, but it was not due to careful planning beforehand. Tony, how about yourself? When did you first come to the game? Much like Ryan, it's it's not something that um, I'd previously you know, been looking around and seeing any pre-releases stuff or anything like that, but it was the word of mouth is has been very strong for this title, and um, but I, I haven't actually got around to playing it up until this last week, mainly because I was the show wasn't until June, so I was allowing myself a little bit of, uh, of leeway. But yeah, it's it's mm. one of those titles that yeah, it's 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 I I'm not I'm not going to say it's not a long game because I think you can make it as long as you you wish mm. and you can go as deep as as you want to. Um, but it's you know it's it's completable with a, a short period of time. But um, yeah, so I I played it on um, on an iOS, so just on an Apple device. Um, just on the iPhone, um, so yeah, not not something that I was you know desperate to to play beforehand. But the world of once again word of mouth on games is is something I tend to mm. trust more now than than any pre release hype anyway. And this is it's one that is a type. This is the kind of type of game where word of mouth is absolutely critical for its success. Yeah. So when you mm. see that happening, it's it and and certainly get into award seasons etc. And it's an interesting type of game. Then it was something I definitely wanted to play and and be on the podcast to to kind of share that experience with. Hmm. Excellent. And Josh, your your story. I, I was aware of this game's existence before release, but it wasn't exactly something I was 
excited for um just because i i've never really been a fan of fmv as a uh, a technique in video games and um so i was kind of like oh that's interesting but i'll probably pick it up in a sale or or what have you um but then you know the game came out and the word of mouth ended up being really really strong and uh i ended up buying it quite close maybe a day after it came out and uh, I completed it within two days, I think. My, my story is going to sound quite familiar, but the reason I wanted to hear Ryan's first um, was because I'd heard about this game at release, I would say, just in terms of, as we've all said, the, the key phrase here is going to be word of mouth. Um, other podcasts I listen to talking about it, uh, seeing people on Twitter mention it, etc. Um, but the one voice that kind of uh, lifted itself above the parapet and just made me decide uh Two weeks, I think, after the game had released on the seventh of July, to to pick up the game and play it immediately was was Ryan uh, talking about the Aww. game, and, and I think <laughs> you pretty much said to me, "You should play this game." Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember it being pretty much as direct as that, and I was like, much a much as with uh, with Josh is another person who's who's uh, done that with me, where someone just knows that I'm going to feel strongly about a game and. and seeks me out or or happens to bump into me on our our forums or twitter and just says no you know what yeah this is for you um and and that that just struck a chord so i i sat down on the 7th of july uh for must have been four hours straight with an ipad in front of me (laughs) uh, and, and played this game um I've I've since picked up the PC version and there are some specific things we're going to talk about later that I think it was probably important for me to have seen both um both versions of of the game um because as much as I felt it fitted the uh the mobile platform um in terms of uh being a a mouse pointer uh, interface, which obviously uh, works quite nicely with a touch interface. There's some stuff that I noticed on the PC version that I hadn't noticed on hmm. the uh, on, on the touchscreen. So interesting. If it isn't apparent to anyone, it's probably worth saying that a large part of what this game is, and therefore what we're going to want to talk about, is the narrative. Um, so I have to give a massive spoiler warning. Pretty much everything, even the aesthetic of the game, is going to give information away about what this game is and some of the surprises or uh, intricacies of of what playing it means or 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 can be. Um, so, if you haven't played it, um, the game is is as little as I've heard people say an hour, and as much as four or five hours if you really sort of dig into it. It's not a massively long game. It's not a massively expensive game. If you think it may be something you're interested in playing, I would strongly uh, urge, especially if you're sensitive to spoilers, strongly urge you to to uh, go away and play the game, wait for a time, uh, such time as, as when you've played it, and come back. On the other hand, if you're not sensitive to spoilers, brace yourself. We're going to dig straight into that, I would imagine. As I always tend to do when I host shows, uh, I'd like to start with the aesthetic and specifically the the music. We've just come off uh, reading some of the the credits for the creators, in this case only two people so far we've mentioned, Um, and Chris Zabriskie supplied music, but he wasn't the only one who supplied music for this game. Josh, music in games happens to be something that I know you're likely to have picked up on. Was there anything in particular about the, uh, the music in her story that struck you? 
Um, I'm going to be brutally honest here, James, mm. and say that uh, the soundtrack really didn't stick out for me in this game. No, it's absolutely um, And uh, it might be worth kind of saying this now because I I, I know most of you are probably going to dis- disagree with me on this podcast. I'm not a huge fan of this game. I'm just going to lay my cards okay. on the table right now <laughs> and say that so nobody's in shock later on. But, um, yeah, the, the music... Why it didn't? It wasn't in any way bad. I, I think it did its job in creating atmosphere, but I can't really pick out a track that really stood out to me as memorable. Absolutely fair. Um, f- for my part, uh, I, I probably when I first played it was much the same as you. Uh, I played it on iPad, and I would have had headphones in to make sure I could hear the music, but I don't think anything particularly struck me. Um, except for the fact that when I was reading a couple of things over the past uh, sort of couple of days about some of the visuals, I thought, no, I really need to fire this back up because there's clearly some stuff I've missed here. And so I paid some more attention, uh, particularly to the music that, that plays uh, just when the game starts up. And as you're sitting there uh, with the screen sort of waiting to, to begin the game, um, there is, they're, they're very simple, I would say, in terms of their um, structure but repeating rhythmic refrains that it, maybe I'm projecting onto this knowing what the game is and having come back to it but there was something very much of the the mystery genre to it and I can't really pin down what it is about that but there was something about the rhythmic sense that you know a, a piece of music can heighten a sense of intrigue in, in a film mm-hmm. or a game etc there was something very much of that ilk to it is it, literally as much as I can read into the music um, aside from one particular track which we will need to talk about in a second um, Tony how about yourself musically? Much like Josh it, it's not something mm-hmm. that stood out to me I, I think a lot of the time obviously the investigative part you're, you're watching videos um, yeah. which yeah. you know as far as I remember, music doesn't play those at all because you're concentrating on on the dialogue. Yeah. So it's more about the you know the out of looking at the the PC screen experience, um, yeah. which you know it's an atmospheric. Yeah, it's it, I feel like I was in in an office just sitting there trying to work out this puzzle. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It's not something that particularly um, you know I, I'd pick for sound to play, etc. Yeah, it's it's worth saying actually that um, in terms of what this game is, essentially the uh, the player character sitting in front of a computer screen, there wouldn't necessarily have been a need to have music in this yeah. uh, game at all necessarily. Yeah, that was kind of my my feelings on it is that it I'm, I'm still a little divided because I think the music does a good job for what it's there for, and I think it does set a really nice like almost kind of horrorish type of mood as you are discovering some pretty you know gruesome details and it, it reminds me of um of, there's a scene in in the host i think it's called some uh, korean uh, yeah, giant yeah, monster movie yeah. where yeah. they are underneath the city in the sewer pipes and this monster is running right towards them but it's so far off that it's just like it looks like it's so slowly approaching but there's nowhere that they can run to there's nowhere that they can hide and so mm. even though you can see it coming for a very long time it becomes scarier and scarier as the sense of uh, kind of the incoming um, danger of it becomes more and more clear and that's kind of how I felt playing this game just a sense of a building dread and seeing like this is 
the person that this mystery is kind of centering around and she's sitting there and I'm forming some kind of like rapport almost with her and, and um, you feel like you get to know her but the more you get to know the more the little like uncertainties really start to eat away at you and um, I, I think yeah. the music now that I you know like I mentioned uh, heard it in the background of another podcast that mm-hmm. music just really kind of sunk my gut down and I was thinking like why am I having such a such a reaction to this music which is otherwise you know kind of unremarkable in this composition but and it was because like it drew back all these memories of just this like dread and fear and disgust that this game kind of engendered and I, I still don't know whether I am fully in love with the uh with what the music's doing because otherwise the sound is all diegetic and um you know otherwise it it just it feels weird to have a soundtrack on a game that is otherwise uh just meant to be like you are sitting in a room somewhere and that the room is supposed to be a physical space and there and having sound cues and musical cues kind of takes you out of that but it's it is effective for what it is I, I, I do like the the mix of feeling like you're in a room at, a, at an old PC, um, you know, investigating areas of that stuff. It, you know, you got the atmospheric yeah. sounds of kind of the the hum of electricity of from from that kind of Very an old much, yeah. s- old CRT screen. Um, and from the lights as well, you can yeah, the, the, yeah, the flicker of the, the yeah, lights definitely. and the the hum of uh, fluorescence. It's yeah. I think that stuff works really well. That does you know put you in mm. a time and place. Um, I, I, once again, I'm not sure why the music. I, I don't really feel like the music is essential at, at all in there, but mm-hmm. yeah, clearly Ryan, <laughs> it, it got <laughs> under your skin, skin more yeah. than me. But maybe, I mean, maybe that says a lot about you know how the game evokes you. Maybe you know yeah, yeah, a, a right. bit more. And then the police sirens, of course, were uh, a pretty big factor in what we were hearing through the game, and um, you know, uh, due to the fact that the game was set in a police station, they had access to that uh you know kind of diegetic police siren sound which you know reinforces it it pops up at times in the story when you would think like now we got the character now the character's in trouble we've we've cornered you now which is the time when the police would go in for the Mm -hmm. arrest in the first place so it you know thematically is appropriate yeah it's thematically appropriate but it uh it just happens that the police sirens come by at the very correct you know the the <laughs> most fitting moment um which is obviously just part of the artifice of the game but um the one piece of music we do need to talk about and it'll it'll start to bring us around to talking about uh, more of the uh, the the actual story but we'll come back to that a bit later is the song the wind and rain um which bizarrely is performed in front of us on screen by by the the main character, I suppose, although she's not the player character, um, mid-interview, she pulls out a guitar and starts playing a song. It's a pretty divisive track. Yeah, we're, we're kind of now entering into kind of the area of the game where uh, I start to, you know, not trust what the developers are doing or where mm. the story's going mm. or what have you because mm. her pulling out a guitar in the middle of a police interview is ridiculous I'm sorry <laughs> but this is a intense situation like 
you know, it, she should be stressed out of her mind. Like, I don't, whether she's the witness or the suspect, whoever, it doesn't matter. You're not going to suddenly go, you know, guy, you, you know, guys, I've, I've been working on this uh, track. Would you, would you like to hear it in the middle of this really? You want to get out mm. of there as soon as you, you know, humanly possible. You're not going to waste time doing something like that. And, and what, and what police officer is it going to allow that at that point in the in their investigation? It's just it's so cartoonish to me. At times, I mean, she she can be portrayed as a very very chatty, free going, almost hippie esque mm-hmm. type person. Like you know that you're almost being suckered in to to believe that you know she, yeah there there is nothing wrong. She's you know her husband's not dead. He's just missing. He's just he's just gone. And you know this is my mm-hmm my life he's really happy to tell you different long you know more and more kind of complex stories and sometimes more and more convoluted stories but they're kind of done you know quite kind of off the cuff she's kind of that kind of jokey jovial person so i don't necessarily think that you know having the music in there at the same time or having her sing a song is going against the character that she's portrayed pretty much through the entirety of the game but like you say in a police investigation, it, it would be very strange for an officer to say, sure, just play that song. But you, you'd start to believe, well, maybe they're trying to catch her out if they are going with this, you know, the the who are you, but, you know, theme. I find, you see, even if you go down that route, I find it ridiculous. Like, first of all, yeah, I, I agree with your point. I don't think it's out of character for her to play the guitar or what have you. It's just completely the wrong context for that kind of thing. And it just feels like it feels like a moment that was put in there because the people create you know, creating this game knew um the actress could uh play the guitar and could sing and thought, hey, why don't we put that in there? And didn't stop to think, why should we put that in there? Why why is this going to improve what we're trying to do with this game? And and to me, what's even more ridiculous is that she is affected. Like the song is expressing the themes and ideas of what <laughs> is happening in the game, and it it just feels so. And I hate to say this because it 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 sounds so dismissive, but I'm going to say it anyway. It feels like an A level drama student type thing to do, where it's so heavy handed in the way that it's trying to express themes. And like at some point, I was expecting like a bunch of actors to come on off screen and start circling her, shouting like <laughs> symbolic words at her, like emotion, guilt, and like, and her like slowly, like, uh, curl up into a ball and scream it's it's just it felt like such a a student like drama student type uh approach to this kind of 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 storytelling that it just i couldn't help but laugh at it 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 just it really took me out of it i think a better a better way to have presented that stuff if they if they really wanted you know the theme of that song to be prominent and even for her to sing it would be they could they could have gone a bit further down the line of not just having an an interview with her you know over multiple different sessions it's maybe have some tapes that have been taken from you know yeah, confiscated yeah, yeah. Or, you know, as a 
from her wherever it may be from the home and that's just something you pick a bit like um in gone home you know you, you're walking around the house you're you're picking up objects you know you can interact with them if you, you want or not and you piece the story there but here it, it's kind of i want to say forced upon you i suppose there's you could not reveal that evidence but in a way if it was just on that pc desktop as other stuff that may be of interest and you've got her maybe sitting in the campfire with her friends playing the guitar it would have been more effectively done than just the in your face interview session because it's out of context and it and it kind of breaks the game a little bit with that yeah Yeah, i mean i i think i still would have found it a little bit goofy if it was like a campfire thing but it it's as you say, it, it at least would have had proper context, and I would have, it wouldn't have jarred with me as much as it did here. So the uh, the the kind way to say uh, what you're saying, I suppose, Josh, is that given the conceit and the setup of this being a series of interviews from a very fixed perspective of a woman in a very fixed situation, that we can, in theory, put ourselves in and imagine how we would be feeling and would react. Uh, it feels forced. Yes. To have shoehorned in this song in a place where uh, to my immediate reaction, despite the fact I don't feel as strongly about it as you do, my immediate reaction was this is ridiculous. Yeah. That that she's doing this, but that wasn't something I put that on the character immediately. I put it on the character because what what those scenes and I think there's there's two of them from memory. Um, what those scenes said to me was that this looks more like a psychological evaluation of someone. Right. If if okay. the person being the interviewer is accepting that the person they are asking questions of, which, which I, I concede a police officer w- would be asking very specific questions to try and get to very specific answers. I don't think this is that the indulging the whims of, of someone picking up a guitar and playing a song would necessarily be something a police officer would instinctively do. But if, if that were framed as a, as someone being psychologically evaluated, then you've suddenly got a situation where actually letting this person pick up a guitar and sing a song, despite how outrageous it may seem given the context, actually you let them do that because you want them to be at ease. You want them to, yeah. potentially tell you something they wouldn't otherwise so you just go with that and let them do that in the hope that it gets you somewhere else further down the line but having said that my first reaction was yes that's ridiculous that someone would do that watching this i i, I let out a little sort of scoff and and again I, I don't necessarily think that's unintentional in terms of those clips being in there Oh, yeah, that's kind of how I viewed it as well, is that um, I, I think this police officer, he's, he's definitely going for the good cop approach, and he mm-hmm. uh, he wants the woman to trust him and tell him things that she probably wouldn't tell anybody else, and, you know, it's apparent that she knows more of the story than she's letting on, and so I, I think he's, he's really trying to appeal to her, and, um, you know, there, there's some time where there's a... Uh, a little bit of an indication that maybe there's some flirting going on. And, and I think Definitely. this instance is like, Oh, Hey, you said you were a musician. I'd love to hear what you do in hopes that maybe it kind of, you know, oils the gears a little bit. Just on that point, how, how do we feel <laughs> about only ever hearing the one side of the conversation? Yeah. yeah I think it's very clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, given the limitations that clearly, um, the, you know, the developers involved with this had, um, and, you know, 
I think focusing on that character also is a benefit to the game, even though I'm going to go into my problems with the story and and the character later on. I do think this as a concept was strong. I think focusing in on this one character and allowing her to be um, just the sole focus of the player's attention was a great idea. Do you actually think it's more down to a technical limitation, though? Because sometimes I'd, I'd put a search word in and I'd get results back and kind of like, okay, well, I can see why that, that word's brought that back, but you know, I wonder what the actual initial question would have been to receive this this answer. And I guess it would have broken the whole illusion that you're actually doing mm-hmm. the, the investigation. But there was if a few times I was like, I wonder the question what or whatever, yeah. the actual yeah. question was here for this mm-hmm. to be... That's kind of the fun of it, though. Return. Yeah, it is, I for sure. So. I think that was very, oh, mystery, very yeah. deliberate, yeah. You're not only trying to work out what the question was, but you're trying to... Um, so watching one side of the conversation allows you to infer what the relationship between the two people is and infer right. um, what the question was. But it also... Um, the, the reason I actually bring that up is because listening yeah, yeah. to Ryan talk about there's this flirtatious nature with with the interviewer. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting because that comes obviously from her, but there's, much, there's yeah. no yeah, grounding yeah. that that is the case at it's all. He could, be doing yeah, it, yeah. he could be doing it very straight-laced and she's just mm-hmm. a flirtatious person and you're reading that from from her performance, which is one of the, yeah, like Josh, I've got issues with this game, but I thought that was one of the, the more interesting things that I'm, I'm putting a persona on a, essentially a, a, well, a speechless person on the other side of the room, giving these questions. Like I, I kind mm-hmm. of, I, I made a police officer in my head mm-hmm. and yeah. he was the person answering, not me answering the questions. It was this police officer. I felt like I was you know, directing his questions yeah. from an outer body experience i don't know if you if you guys felt that you were the the police officer yourself but because it was kind of this you're going back into an old archive it, it didn't seem right to be that way you're clearly not the police officer um right that much is apparent because why would the police officer be watching these tapes again so long after the fact um and 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 also because you can see a reflection of a woman's face in the screen mm-hmm. um and then you get to the end of the story and you find out exactly who this character is um but I know what you mean, Tony. You're you're trying to put yourself in the shoes of the police officer because of how the interviewee is is acting, and and also because that that's a void that your brain wants to try and fill. And you do get nuggets of information. Uh, for example, you're told that Simon is clean shaven because he, if he grows a beard, it's ginger. And then you're told that the interviewer is ginger. Not directly, but ginger-haired, rather. Not directly, but she says not that there's anything wrong with having ginger hair. So immediately you, you get information, and that's a very specific, direct piece of information that we know about this void character sitting on our side of the of the table. Um, but you, that's, that's a, an example of how you build up a picture of this person, and that's a very factual piece of information about this person but you can build up circumstantial information from what she says the way she behaves the way she acts towards for instance we know it to him by the way she's acting and things she says and things she does um but yeah i think that's it's very deliberate to essentially offer you although it's from a single perspective two roles that you're trying to inhabit there um both of the police officer who you're clearly not and of the person you're going to find out that you clearly are 
uh, when you get towards the back end of the game. You can, you can also, uh, you can, well, for me, I was like using a, a tougher voice as, as the story starts to unravel kind of around the, you know, the, the interviewee. It's, mm. and it gets more and more convoluted and you can see that the, the, the traces of, well, hang on, this isn't right. You can certainly see at the start that there, there may be that kind of flirtatious nature, but by the end of it, her her responses are a lot more blunt. Um, mm, you can yeah, almost feel yeah. that, that there's a lot more, you know, directed questions rather than, well, you know, that's you're going to play me a song that's lovely, to more like, well, where were you at this time? Because, um, mm. which I felt, I just I just found that was the more one of the more interesting parts of the game where I felt like I was I was building you know more of the character of the police officer rather than the the, the, uh, the witness. So speaking of uh, the, the person we've referred to as the interviewee and the witness, um, we've mentioned that there are a couple of moments where the only character we see on screen, and this is all full motion video, so it's all an actress acting on screen on a set in front of a camera with a script, etc. How do we feel about that performance? Viva uh, Seifert or Seifert, apologies if the pronunciation is uh, is woefully inadequate there, is, is the actress we're talking about. Uh, of note, she has done very little acting previously. Um, her Wikipedia page says she was once uh, an Olympic gymnast and Commonwealth Games gymnast um, and since has been a keyboardist for Bikini Atoll and um, drummer and pianist for Joe Gideon and the Shark with her brother. Those are her, her main uh, sort of credits, as it were, and this is the first time she stepped into an acting role. Um, so, Josh, how did you feel about that this acting performance? It feels very much like the kind of performance that someone would give if they do have kind of the raw capability to act, but haven't mm-hmm. had the training to, you know, fine-tune it. Because there mm-hmm. are moments in this performance that I think are good, but mm-hmm. largely it kind of falls into kind of um, just there's a lack of subtlety and a lack of kind of expressing emotion um, through smaller movements of the face and and so forth and so on. It, it's it's a very vocal performance and less of a physical one. And if this if this was voice acting, I think she'd be fine. But because the camera is right on her, she doesn't. She can't get away with that that lack of a a physical kind of facial performance. Um, I think it's okay. I don't think uh, like some people have talked about um, this being one of the better performances in a video game last year and I don't want like everyone's entitled to their own opinion what have you but I just don't think it's strong enough especially for you know the kind of game that this is that really leans into story and performance I I just think it's okay it's passable I do not think this is one of the greatest you know video game performances I've seen I think that's absolutely Fair and obviously, it's as you say, everyone's entitled to to their opinion. They're gonna gonna differ. Uh, in in my case, I liked 
the fact that the unrefined nature as as probably you would have put it of the performance because again i felt it played into who this character was this was someone who through the course of 7 days of interviewing was potentially trying to manipulate and trying to second guess what the police were uh, doing what the police wanted to know and trying to stay ahead of the police. And it had, for me, shades of the way Edward Norton in Primal Fear, and that's a very specific reference for several obvious reasons, um, through that film there were moments where he as a young actor in his first notable uh, role felt unrefined. And it turned out by the end of that story that that was deliberate. That there were supposed to be moments where you weren't really sure what he was, what emotions he was supposed to be showing. And I felt there was a lot of that kind of aspect to this performance. Yeah. Whether that, as as Josh, it seems you felt, was more by luck than good judgment. I, I honestly, I don't know. I may, may have made some mental backflips to to merge performance with the character, but I felt that it fitted incredibly well, I, w- I would say. And I, I would probably be one of those who would hold this up as a uh, a, a very good, if not fantastic, performance, uh, act performance of, of last year. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, acting is... Mm. You can you can look at acting as many ways. Like As, as Josh said, I mean, I, I would you know say as an acting ability it's pretty poor but equally i could say well is i don't really want her to be acting i kind of just want her to be herself so maybe her acting is really good maybe she is kind of just (laughs) being somebody that is just talking off calf kind of interviewee type person um or it's and i don't know whether she's either got it spot on or that it's just a kind of fairly mediocre performance and i i would say that maybe i i lean to more josh's that i just think it's a fairly mediocre performance but then that's not to say that it's it's overly distracting i i think there's elements in there like the, the obviously the guitar playing scene is is kind of that breaks the whole <laughs> illusion a little bit but there's definitely times in there where her kind of quick fire response or some of her smugness comes across mm-hmm. and once you get deeper into the story and you and you start thinking well you know, uh, who is this? Who is this person? Is, is it a, you know, I, I, I don't know why I'm trying to have a voice voice, but is, is it a twin? Is it a, an alter ego? Is it, you know, who's, who, who is here? I think yeah. the acting yeah. gets a little, little more deeper, a little more complex. And I think then I can probably give her the benefit of doubt that she's, she's a better actor than she's letting on. Um, a lot of that, I think though, that the problem comes sometimes is that you're, you're typing a keyword and you'll get like a one one word response, like just no, 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 I wasn't there, or something like that. And it's it's <laughs> so quick fire. Yeah. Like it, it took longer to for the video to load up and play, and for her response to be gone in in quick time. That mm-hmm. I think when she's best acting is when there's a little bit of a, a play that she she makes. You know, some videos are. I don't know what the longest one is, but there's certainly some that are you know over a minute to up to two minutes long. And yeah, then yeah, I think you, you kind of get a bit, she gets a bit more under your skin rather than just these mm. quick fire responses. I think that's a good point. The the By the nature of the game, you're going to see bits, sometimes only 
four, five, six seconds long of performances that don't necessarily sit terribly well next to what you've just seen previously and what you're going to see next. So it's a very broken up um, series of videos. I've actually got a a more deeper answer than this, actually, because playing through the game, I I lent more on Josh's side of, I just think she's not a particularly good actor. But actually, um, after I completed the game and I I kind of took my own thoughts and feelings away from it, etc., I've gone back, you know, done the research kind of learnt more about it but there's also a bunch of videos out there where you can watch the the interview from start to finish so you're not just mm. stumbling across it in a scattershot approach yeah. you know a, a one from the very beginning and one from the very end where you have two very different acting moments Tones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah tonal moments so when she's when you actually watch the videos that are just well, this is when she first arrives in the interview room. She sits down, she has a cup of coffee, she talks to the policeman, they kind of, you know, have the initial chit-chat. That actually feels like she's she's acting in a more kind of a traditional acting way. But I think mm-hmm. as and when you start cutting chunks out of those stories and throwing it more of a scattershot approach, which the game obviously has to do, it feels a bit more broken. And that's when I don't think it, it necessarily works entirely yet. Yeah, that's what can you do? The game has to be like that. So, but I think mm. I think if if you want to kind of go a bit deeper, actually find those interviews as one piece of interview, mm. and it feels a lot more. She has a lot more natural tone to her, and she feels mm. like she's tricking and playing a lot more confidently than when it's just a, a, you know a broken up piece of of um, context in in a you know two hundred yeah, and something yeah. odd videos. Yeah. Would Would you say? Josh, that's something that might have affected your opinion of of Viva's acting, or uh, are, are you speaking more generally in terms of taking away the the notion of seeing broken up clips that tonally perhaps jar next to one another? Taking that aside, would you still feel that the acting wasn't what you'd hoped for? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I still would feel that way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, it's, it's not that. For me, it wasn't even that the kind of the breaking up of the clips was jarring at mm. all. It was just that the the moments where I felt the performance was stronger, strongest, strongest. Sorry, um, mm. were so infrequent and kind of spotty. If it was mm. consistent and there were just moments where I was like, oh, that's a bit. Uh, weak and a bit you know unrefined um then i'd be a lot more forgiving but for the most part it's pretty unrefined and then there are moments where you can see that she she does have some talent um i i I mean i don't mean to be so negative i have certainly i have certainly heard a lot worse in video games Mm. this is nowhere near the bottom of the barrel in terms of video game performances like uh, everyone can think of examples of just like utterly disgraceful you know vocal performances in video games and this is not that it's just that um, and I have this problem with Life is Strange as well. It's just that when a game is leaning into story as being its selling point, I'm going to compare yeah. you to other mediums where story is the focus. And mm-hmm. that means I am going to compare you to television and movies. And that might be a little unfair, but that's what you're aspiring to when it comes to performance and stuff like that and storytelling. So... Yes, I'm. I'm probably more forgiving of 
weaker vocal performances in other games like Bayonetta or Vanquish or stuff like that. But those games aren't focusing on story as their posit- you know, their main reason to experience no. it. No. And this is, so I am going to hold this I am going to hold a a, a much more um, you know, focused uh, critical lens on this kind of stuff. No, that's absolutely fair. Uh, Ryan, you've been quite quiet. Um, your thoughts on, on Viva's acting? Uh, you know, I, I like how kind of pedestrian the acting comes off because it does feel like watching real police tapes. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of owed, or I kind of uh, chalked up any kind of inconsistencies or imperfections in her performance as the fact that her character is kind of constantly performing in a way. Mm-hmm. And is trying to, you know, make the uh, officer think of her in a certain way, and maybe sometimes she doesn't do it very well, and and it all felt like it all felt very right for what somebody would mm-hmm. be acting like in a police room. I certainly, on many, many more times than than a single occasion, um, got the the feeling of kind of a reality TV Big Brother style situation where you've got someone who is intermittently re-aware of the fact that they are being filmed and that there is a performance to be had here or intermittently uh, re-aware again is is the the correct term, I suppose, um, of the fact that the police officers may be trying to pin a murder on her and that she needs to direct the conversation in a way that suits her um and then there are times where no this is just a pleasant normal chat i'm just being myself and suddenly you'll go from one clip to the next and it's clicked back in where the the character has suddenly remembered or is now being more forceful with the story they want to tell um i want to a bit later on talk about the the first four clips that you are shown uh, with the the pre-selected uh, search term murder, because I think they are a, a very nice microcosm for what the, this story is and what the and it also feeds into the the acting of this character. Um, but before we do that, we we probably need to talk a little bit more in depth about the um, the the gameplay structure. Um, we've talked about the fact that you are ostensibly sitting down at an old computer terminal. Um, you've got clacking keys that sound to my ears like the old BBC Micro, you know, the really heavy plasticky keys that you had on, on those. Um, there's a, a curvature to the screen to demonstrate you're on a CRT and a reflection and you can see the draw lines, etc. Uh, and the um, the look of the, the desktop is uh, is very much the the look of a a windows 3.1 era or even before earlier than that uh sort of desktop very simple windows icons menu pointer uh type of uh layout um and the entirety of the gameplay takes place as as you this person interrogating a police database uh type in terms into a search engine can I say one thing about the presentation? Um, mm, yeah. I really like the reflection of the kind of fluorescence on the screen. Mm. Um, and then, like we mentioned earlier, sometimes when the musical cues would kick in um, when something important happened in the story, a same thing, a similar thing would happen here that 
either the police sirens or the lights would flicker or something and something the the light would catch the character sitting at the computer screen mm. and you would see her face on the screen and i i know what they're going for but it's really hard to uh <laughs> to take that in any way other than it being a jump scare like that there yeah. is a face staring right back at you and it's somebody who you're learning might be a murderer like that that's mm-hmm. kind of terrifying and i did not care for that all that much and you can't turn that filter off which I had to do because I found those faces to be so Too unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I just thought they they added more to the intrigue to me. Because mm. it as an opening gambit, it's it's really hard. To, like well, I turned the phone on and and there it was. It's downloaded. I loaded it in. It, it you obviously got the music here at the start. You press start, and you're just presented with this just screen, and you're like, okay. Okay, what <laughs> what am I doing here? And it's like well, I guess I'm searching, and it so the the game has a, a, a on on the screen has a readme file um, if you go <laughs> looking for it. But I, maybe this was because I was playing it on the phone um, and not on the PC. It took me a while to actually locate that because yeah, uh, I'd imagine with a mouse pointer you you would do as you normally do. You'd you'd grab the side of the yeah. box, you'd just pull it mm-hmm. across. And you'd kind of start poking around kind of the PC within the PC. But on the phone, yeah. like because of the interface of phones now, it didn't actually seem like right that I'd be, I'd, I'd imagine like, well, there's just going to be a box down here on kind of the left hand side of the screen where it'd be obvious that I can, I can touch where it's like, actually, no, I need mm-hmm. to move this whole tech box out of the way. And underneath this text box is this, you know, the game will tell me how to play this game. But I, mm-hmm. I honestly sat there for a good minute just looking and going, well, what am I doing? Am I missing something? Yeah. No, I, th- um, I think that's that's definitely true, Tony, I've got to say. Uh, on When I played on iPads, first of all, I couldn't see a lot of the reflection stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was meaning when I went onto PC. I noticed that a lot more. Uh, just bigger screen. Yeah. Simple as that, really. A, a uh, lot but, of people had their, their dimness settings. I mean, for me, I was playing it in bed at night, so yeah, yeah. the, the dimness settings were right down, so... Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. stuff was less apparent. Um, but but yeah, the, when I was playing it on the iPad, it took me a long way through the game before I intuited that those icons were more than just this is the background. To yeah. <laughs> all my focus was on that window, that search engine window, and the video viewer. And it took me a long time. Whereas I think on PC, I would have instinctively tried to click on that stuff around the screen because it was in the correct environment for me to do so. I had a mouse pointer there and I would have, uh, it would have seemed much more intuitive, I think. Yeah. Um, And the notion that you can drag a window, that's just not something you really do on tablets uh, at all. So thinking to move the window to find the DB checker icon that's behind it is just not something I realized I could do until an awful long way into the game. Uh, where I think, I can't remember if it happens automatically or not, but where the window is on the screen shifts a little bit and you can see the text beneath. So yeah, that was that was very much something that I thought was different on PC to playing on iOS. I really liked the fact that I sat down and I was like, oh, what do I have to do here? I'll try pressing on there and I'll try searching and I'll try, okay, there's a play symbol here, I'll press on that and working all that out. But it didn't make a great deal of sense by the time I got to the end of the story knowing that the person I was playing as would have known exactly why they were there and what they were doing. They would not have been at a loss. Having the readme file open would have just been, well, 
SB who set this up for me left that open just so I'd know how to use everything and that would have been fine. It would have been something that made sense, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I tend to agree on that, um, I've got to say. When we're searching, you can search for any word at all. Any any word in the English language makes sense, but you can search for anything. You put any series of characters in there and you search as you would and the the search engine you have will tell you how many videos it has that match that contain that search term as a spoken word. If you don't put anything in at all, it tells you there are 271 videos. As I mentioned, there's an icon hidden beneath the window that you're looking at called DB Checker that shows you your progress through all 271 videos. Uh, it will it will flag when you've watched each of the given videos, although you don't know what each one contains until you've seen it. The artificial con- the artificial constraint placed upon this so that you can't just search blank, get all 271 videos and then just watch one hour, 35 minutes worth of video back to back and that's the game, you didn't really do anything, is that you can only watch the first five videos returned from your search. So even if you get 10 videos, you will only be able to see the first five and then you need to search for something else or something more specific to narrow it down. How do we feel about this limit? Because I've heard it Annoying. listed as a, a as a frustration <laughs> amongst amongst people. Sounds like Tony, you agree with them? I, I do. I, I understand the context, but it's it was one of those ones where you'd you'd gleam onto something and you think, yes, I'm I'm going down this trail, and you type in say whatever the word sex because you know clearly there, there's always something to do with sex and some crime and you'll you'll receive 10 results back and you can see the first five and say none of those first five really feel like they they took the story anywhere or took you know your lead anywhere and you're you're wondering well i'm maybe i'm on the right lead but i i don't have access to to all this material and it, it seemed to be more like a restriction of all the game Maybe wants you to obviously to, to explore more with with the terms mm. and and go a little bit deeper. Maybe it did feel a few times as like, well, maybe the answer is in that word, and you're just arbitrarily preventing me from from finding it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really mind that that much. I think as a restriction, I felt like it was always challenging me to be a little clever or to form a better understanding of the story rather than accidentally stumbling onto the correct answer by happenstance because Mm. i mean you can if there weren't this restriction then either you would find the solution almost immediately or if they really wanted to hide it then they would have to you know script the most important five or six videos with uh just ludicrous and strange words that you would never think to search anyways and so Mm. i I, I think it's it's kind of a it's a nice that like, you can't just search for the word the and come up with every video. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and so watch, I, I think yeah, it was yeah. just always challenging me to like you know if there's something or if there isn't something that you were hoping to see, then rethink it. You have enough clues, yeah, uh, yeah. form better understanding, uh, try to approach it from the back door, which I feel like is pretty representative of uh, the way that like real research and stuff like that happens. Yeah. So I think there's there's another thing that prevents someone from just stumbling on the the one video that unlocks everything which is 
the videos are broken down in small enough pieces that you're never going to get the whole picture from any one video or even any string of five videos, really. You're not going to find from the get-go with one search the five videos that happen to just tell you all of the stories straight off the bat. But what I, I really did like about the um, the search terms is, so in one of the early videos that I happened to get, it mentioned... Simon's employer and, and what he did for his job. So one within the first five search terms I tried, I tried glass, which you wouldn't necessarily think would lead you to a broad range of videos. But the first video I watched was uh, commenting on Simon's appearance and the fact that he didn't like to wear his glasses. The next one was about his work, which is why I uh, typed it in. So I didn't need to rewatch that one because I'd seen that video. And then two about mirror he made which was very important in the story but also related to his work so you've kind of got one video that's just about Simon, three more that are about his work and specifically something he did related to his work to give to Hannah as a present and then the last video that came up it was just Hannah saying she shouldn't have any more coffee that day, could she have a glass of water and I really liked the fact that you can search in a term and you know what you're looking for from that term but then the fifth video is just about something completely other. And it may be story-related, but it may not be. This is probably my favourite aspect of the game, actually. Um, mm. And and the one like positive, the real positive I, I took away from this. In that I, I really got into the kind of puzzle of this, of, of <laughs> um, picking out words and, and, and stuff like that. And it ended up being similar to how I was playing kind of um, New Game Plus with uh, Fez in that I had a notebook at hand right next to me while playing it and, you know, every time like a key name came up or a key, an item that felt key, yeah. I'd write that down <laughs> and and uh, make a note, okay, I'll, I'll type that in a search later, mm, but actually yeah, right yeah. now this name is the most interesting to me. So I'll, yeah, I'll mm. note that down, but I'll, I'm not going to search that just yet. So I actually really like the structure. I think it is one of the stronger aspects of the game, just having that limitation of five, because then it forced you to go, okay, what what what's not connecting these videos together? Well, I know that, for example, glass is connecting these videos, but what are the phrases that aren't? So mm. we can expose yeah, yeah. some of the videos that are some being others, hidden yeah. from me. So yeah, mm. I I did like I did like this um, this structure. I must admit, I I hit it in the way where I started off, obviously with the, the, the fairly generic terms, but I got cottoned onto names very quickly. So mm. if anyone ever mentioned a name, I'd I would kind of explore that name to it, eventually run out, and there didn't seem to be anywhere else to go, take notes down exactly who these people were and what influences they may have had within the main central characters, you know, whether it's the boss or whether it's the mum and dad, etc. Um, and they seem to be quite important, but then that kind of eventually kind of dried up and led to, you know, many dead ends, but I'd, had, I'd taken elements of each kind of character away from that which would then lead me on to kind of more the bigger issues you know understanding maybe the story wasn't as clear-cut as it seemed and started to explore you know who who this person's sister was because that's you know, mm. she seemed to talk more passionately about that or Sue seemed to have a lot of resentment towards her and that clearly was a you know a big issue so you know exploring that element which then would push on to something else so 
it's um i think every person will probably have a slightly different method of um mm. of their I, I guess their police inquiry tracing <laughs> um but it's I, f- I found it becomes increasingly challenging like you you find yourself towards a dead end and then start just scatter shotting kind of like well murder yeah. because mm. you know clearly you know this is why we're here or you know weapon or knife or something like that just trying to to, at that point like no one's talked about it but it's just you know what you would know from a kind of watching years of police detective programs Hmm, yeah for for me i I had this so i had a sheet of paper next to me and i wrote down any term that i thought might be interesting uh from the from the videos and yeah um proper nouns and names and that kind of thing and and uh more general terms as you say like um murder or sex or that kind of thing uh, all went on the list but I couldn't br- so when I heard a mirror was given as a present I was like right mirror goes on this list and I, I, I wanted that was the next thing I wanted to search was mirror because I thought this has got to be important just from the way the it was talked about the way that the line was delivered that it was a gift that maybe she wasn't happy with or there'd been some kind of argument about and there was more to it but it wasn't next on my list the Rock was next on my list, which is the name of the pub. So, and sometimes I'd end up searching like coffee or something really banal before the thing that I really wanted to know about, but that was my list. And I thought, no, I'm going to do this methodically. That's the term that I picked out next because I saw that video earlier. I'm going to go and I'm going to exhaust that line of inquiry, if you like, before I get to what is probably going to be the more fruitful line of inquiry, um, just because I felt I needed to have a methodology to it. Um, so I've got a sheet of paper which has certain words ringed as, like, this is going to be an important word. Mm, yeah. Look out for this one. And then cross through all of the different words. And it's just uh, a sheet of A4 a, um, a paper uh, just filled with search terms. Um, but then the other thing that I did when I was writing it down, I'd love to know if any of you guys did this. Uh, so I had a sheet for that and then I had a separate notepad um, on which I wrote for every video I watched the identification number. So the first one was D141-A, the date of that video, the time stamp on that video, and then my takeaway points from it. Um, so, for example, D121A was taken on the 18th of June, 94. Um, the time was 7.17. And I've written down Simon Smith, because that's the, the murder victim's name. Uh, Ernst Brothers Glass, Glass Window Artist and Creator, which is just that's what I gleaned from that video. And it gave me stuff that I then wanted to put onto my search list. And I've got 22 pages of this stuff for all the videos <laughs> I went through. And I stuck with it well past the point where I realized I didn't need to know the video code or the exact <laughs> time it was taken, etc. Um, just because I wanted to be that thorough, there was a forensic nature to it. Um, mm. But doesn't your, your job, obviously, or your jobs in the past have allowed you to kind of have that mm. mindset, isn't it? Because you've been very much into science, which is very much about, you know, looking at a very you know minute yeah, elements and specific yeah. elements being really yeah. methodical teaching once again very very the same it's about you know crafting something putting something together and having a presentation mm-hmm. of something so it doesn't surprise me that from that you've taken that your you know your own personal elements of your yeah. life and moved it into this game where you know i've been a bit more kind of i'm I don't know, more kind of creative hands-on that's what i do physically in life so i, I was a bit more well 
I, I don't need to know the dates of these videos because I every <laughs> time I come across a video by the, by the clothes they're wearing is yes. that yeah. instantaneously I know when that video was because I you know at the very you know, and even by the dialogue in the video you know the what is the very first mm, video yeah, yeah, occasionally I'd cross reference the dates because you're like okay well that was make, make sure yeah. earlier in the month and then that one's you know later through mm-hmm. you know the time period but quite often just by the tone both tonally and by the you know the dress that she would be wearing i could actually just time and place the video wouldn't have didn't need to take yeah. that many yeah. notes down and and when you piece all that together you find there are i think seven different interview days um so seven different outfits seven different date and timestamps. um and and they do all kind of fit together all of the clips you're seeing um no you you're absolutely right the reason that i was as as re- rigorously methodical is that I have been a forensic DNA analyst, I have been a forensic examiner and that part of my training kicked in I was like no I'm going to treat this as if I am that police officer on the other side I want to know every piece of information that's being told to me, when it was said uh, and, and what it pertained to and try and piece it all together in my head like that and it turns out as I say it was way overboard I, I didn't I didn't need to call her bluff. I didn't need to point out the hole in her story by referring back to this specific video that, you know, like Phoenix Wright style. No, I've got to know yeah, how to it, poke a hole. It, it wasn't necessary. It's not Phoenix Wright style. You're, you're not, not trying to have this outcome that you put in and solve the case and get, you know, marked upon how well you, you did or not. It's a collection of videos that you're trying to piece together almost in a, in a regards that you, you have that database that shows you how many videos you've unlocked. And there's almost that collective nature of, Oh, I want to find out what every single one of those videos are, but equally the game kind of wraps itself up. If you find enough of the keywords, um, but I'm sure that you were kind of looking at that database and going, there's one video I've, I've missed out. <laughs> what was it? Even if it was just her talking about, you know, um, I don't know, the weather that day. Well, actually, ridiculously, uh, I'd, you know, you can save videos into session, like a session down the bottom. So you can save like a, a playlist of the videos you think are important. I'd tried a few things out with that and I wanted to clear it. So I went up and saw, oh, delete session data. Yeah, oh, great. No, click on that, that wipes your game. No, that wiped my game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't actually unlock all 100, all 100% of all videos, all 271 videos, because I accidentally did that. But, um, I knew that I had got a list of every search term, how many results I got from it, what order I did it in, so I could recreate that file whenever I wanted to. And that's exactly what I started doing today on the PC version. So yeah, I I know I can go through and and do that. And yeah, you're right. I kind of want to see if there's a video somewhere in there I haven't seen that changes my perspective on the story. Speaking of which... We've talked about how we played the game and our searching techniques and what we thought of the presentation and the acting, and it all feeds into what is, certainly I feel, I don't know if you guys agree, the central aspect of this game, which is the narrative being told and and sort of woven together by and in front of us. The videos were all recorded in 1994 over a relatively short period, but as I say, seven different interview days. Um... It's apparent from the readme files that you are watching this much later. It mentions that in 97 there was a flood. A lot of the videos were lost. Uh, Y2K was a problem apparently for their indexing system. Um, And the clock, I didn't check it when I first played it. 
uh, but I did today. The clock uh, shows the 16th of June 2016. So in theory, you are watching all of this 22 years after the murder occurred. And it, it's it's a mystery for which we are, when we start the game, shown four videos that all come up under the search word murder. Um, I just wondered if you guys had any particular feeling about having murder in there at the start and what those four videos showed you. Well, it certainly sets the tone, doesn't it? bit of a idea of where the story's going without it having to like exposition dump on you yeah yeah no no definitely it it put you all it set you in on the right course i suppose is is the thing i mean to be honest it, it would have been nice to have some of the secrecy of what the crime actually was uh hidden uh, a mm. bit more towards the beginning of the game but then again um without that introduction i'm not sure um you'd know what to search know what to look for mm, um mm, i i think you definitely needed a push in the right direction it needed something to guide your hand i, I get what you mean yeah. the, the first clip actually is it's evident that the first interview is of a missing person being reported and not a murder um, right and and so there was no the intrigue definitely is is piqued by having murder there, but actually, yeah, I, I I tend to agree. You did you need to know it was a murder investigation initially? Well, probably not. I mean, the Although character, character you're playing would as would have known yeah. that because that's yeah, why you're there is to find out about your mum or why your dad's no longer around, etc. So, or presuming that the um, Simon's your father. I'm I'm kind of torn a little bit as well, but I I think probably having murder there was the the kind of the better uh, option overall than something more vague or just allowing you to type in whatever you liked. Um, Tony, how about yourself? From from kind of the start onwards, how did you feel about the the way the story was set up? It's almost like a TV trial, though, isn't it? It's 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 there. You t you press it. The the first clip you get is actually there's a missing person. So it's almost you know like they're presenting the the three or four stages of of where this story is going to go and yeah. with that they give you a general kind of feeling of where you should be probing around like it's okay there there clearly there is foul play at the end of this but it, it, there's gonna you know from the very start they make it clear that there's going to be a, a good while before we actually get to that and like kind of like I think Ryan said here earlier, it's, it's kind of like, well, just so you know, you know, <laughs> this is, this is where the outcome is, but there's, there's more kind of like, you know, there's, there's more stuff to find here than just who killed who. And you, in his, you know, the missing person's case at the very start. So I, I think it, it worked. Um, I mean, I don't know how you'd present that game any other way. I mean, it, literally mm. they, they do very little at the very start to, to tell you which way to go beyond, well, here's, you know, four video clips. So I think um, an information dump probably would have been a bit too much, but they, they needed to put something there. I did like the fact that the, the four videos you happened to watch first, or assuming you carried on with the search term murder and didn't change it and watch something else, did run the gamut from left to right from this is this person, unnamed but being interviewed, about a missing persons case, to by the final one, it is very clear because she says, you don't have anything on me, basically. There's no murder weapon. You can't prove I did this. And everything I've been saying up to this point, well, it's just stories. And it's like, it's very clear there's something going on with this character. 
over the course of this interview series, she has changed in the eyes or from from the perspective of the lens of the camera, if you like. Her whole demeanor is different, and suddenly she is much more of an aggressor rather than someone who's there, very amenable to help the police. Yes, of course, I'll answer your questions. Anything I can do. It takes away the surprise element. I mean that that's all it does. Otherwise, hmm. if the opening gambit was there's a missing person, if say say that opening line was missing person, and mm-hmm. you get the first video and there's a nice lady that's talking to you about her husband and she's not massively concerned, but it, it's a little worrying that he's not been back in, in the last two mm-hmm. days. I I think then if you then you started to piece stuff together and eventually got to this this woman that you know mm. you, yeah, there's clear. Um, you know, there could be a split personality issue going on here. She could just be, you know, a, an angry person, a husband that's gone on to kill her husband, or mm. it could be her sister that's gone on to do th- all that stuff gets revealed to you. And maybe that would be more of a, a shocking arc because maybe you believed mm. more here at the very start, but actually having a kind of clear case, well, you know, sh- this person is not a good person. When you go back to these, the earlier videos, you kind of already, you know, looking for those clues in in mm. the dialogue. You're mm. not just straight off just going watching videos. You're trying to think, well, yeah. Where's if if okay, she's been put up for murder, then then what is she saying right at the very start? You know, oh no, mm-hmm. you know, I I just we went in the house yeah. and he wasn't there. Well, why? What what time was this? Why wasn't he there? Mm-hmm. It, it just puts yeah. I think the player on edge and on watched for more search Definitely. terms yeah. than would be otherwise. Yeah, I I think for me, I, as soon as I saw that fourth video, I was immediately engaged in a way I'm not sure I would have been otherwise. Exactly as you say, Tony, I suddenly became laser focused on what search term I wanted to put in there next, looking at every aspect of what was said and demeanor, how it was said, body language, everything, trying to work out what's going on with this person. Because whether she is the murderer or or just the evidence happens to be pointing that way and she isn't. It just suddenly became intriguing to me in a way that missing persons case, okay, well, I'll flounder around and try and find a few threads to pull on here and see what's happened. Whereas, no, it's like, no, this is a murder. This woman, over a period of time, has has gone from being reporter of a missing person whose husband's missing to actually she's the main suspect here. And also, everything I'm about to watch is to some degree a, f- a falsehood, a story being woven or told by this person. So I suddenly know I can't just take everything at face value. I have to be more discerning about trying to join the dots and finding consistencies or whatever, you know. I think where the, the game is more clever, I think if it, if it was just a straight laces, you meet her, you know, Hannah, whoever it, it might be, at the very at the very start and you are just looking for a murder case and piecing that stuff together, then I, I don't think it would be as compelling as it's turned out to be for, for many people that really rate this very highly. I think it is those extra elements of, well, they may, she may be twins. There, mm-hmm. She yeah. may have a split personality and, and is playing into that. And when you start digging into that stuff, the story becomes that, that much more compelling to me because it's either she starts tripping over her story or they start trying to cover tracks and clearly they've been in, you know, in conversation with each other. Um, but the, it's the little details that start giving mm. her them away that are the absolute fascinating parts of this game. And actually something 
first time through, I was very much about, I want to see this murder story. And then as I saw that, I went back into the game and started to explore more and then started to, to do what we always do. You start to investigate. If you're doing a cane and rinse episode, you want to know more about the game. You want to cane and rinse it. And then you yeah. start to see the theories, the ideas, and going back into the game and, and knowing the stuff that other people have revealed over the period of time. It changes the dy- dynamics of that game entirely because you, although you, know, you, you definitely pick up on, well, her hairstyle is different. She has mm-hmm. a tattoo in this one and she doesn't. And you, mm-hmm. you pick up on the twin idea, like the split personality I wasn't really going with. But then once you've, you've gone down that route, you almost find it hard to come back out of that route to get back into the twin one because there's so many compelling little arguments that would make that that true. Yet you find yourself tripping over stuff where you you know you've physically written down on a piece of paper that makes sense of the twin argument so it it becomes a lot more interesting as a game i think the further you dig in and dig deeper but actually from a base level i think the murder story is okay it is what it is but you know the further you go down but that that's just me but you know i did you guys dig deeper as you were playing through the first time or was it something you kind of found yourself coming back and drawn into i actually have a pretty big problem with the ending of this game and there are Kind of two ways to interpret what happened in the story. Uh, the first is this kind of twin theory, like you said. There are two twin sisters that had been separated at birth but lived across the street from one another. They found each other and secretly shared one life. You know, when one sister got married and the other was jealous, she seduced her sister's husband. The married sister found out, pretended to be the unmarried sister, got her husband to make the moves on her and killed him. Uh, And this is all supported by the disappearing tattoo. Whereas Mm -hmm. the other alternative explanation, which is the one that I kind of went with, and maybe it's because, you know, I work in the mental health field. And so I'm kind of primed Mm. to think this way, but it's one woman with dissociative identity disorder where she is switching between two kind of split personalities and she uses the tap code to communicate between her personalities. Yeah. Uh, she believed that her husband was cheating on her with the other her. And, uh, you know, maybe the husband was doing this as a way to try to snap her out of her delusion. Maybe this was, you know, the husband presented her the same gift to try to give her like a certain amount of emotional resonance that would break through the barrier between the two personalities and, you know, in trying to play doctor or play God or whatever, he uh, was killed by the strength and the um, kind of the unbreakable nature of her delusion, which I think is a much, much, much stronger and more interesting story. The mm-hmm. uh, twin story, I I think is, it, it's a little stupid to my ears. Like it's just, mm-hmm. and I think that's, disappointingly the one that has the most evidence and i think the one that most people have really settled on because of the tattoo and i know that you know i would argue that uh when people change personalities like they they go to great lengths to make sure that their uh you know, physical representation of themselves is adherent to what they believe themselves to be whether Mm -hmm. that is drawing on a tattoo every morning or i don't know but uh But she explains the twin story as like a fairy tale and it is so fairy tale-ish and it's really hard to get over 
how just stupid, you know, her other baby was stolen by the midwife who yeah. told her mother that she was dead, but then she lived across the street anyways, and they had never Nobody seen, noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she lived in the attic, and I don't know, it just, it all feels so fairy tale-ish that it doesn't seem to really fit with the tone of anything else. Whereas the split personality mm-hmm. thing, I think is a far more interesting story, but is less supported by the evidence. And so I really don't know what, where the story wants us to look. So, yeah, I, I agree that the twin story lacks a ring of truth to me and sounds like something that a young girl might have made up mm-hmm. to justify a split personality or playing with a split personality like there isn't a real disorder here potentially or there could be that's complete speculation on my part describe eve as a imaginary friend at some point exactly and this is how did my imaginary friend come to be why does she she look like she tries to drown her it's it's yeah it's yeah yeah there's all sorts going on in there that so when when i saw the the tattoo and it it wasn't until quite far into the game i noticed the tattoo because there are two or three of the outfits she wears that cover the arm so you wouldn't see the tattoo so i had to go back and check when was the first point i noticed the tattoo was it in previous videos and try and work out and yeah unfortunately well unfortunately intentionally um you see her after the point where she you first see the tattoo so the dates of the interviews where she has the tattoo you see her after that point with her arm uncovered and no tattoo but there are such things as henna tattoos temporary tattoos it's feasible that this is an extension of her either disorder or her make-believe that she is two people and has potentially created this alternate persona for herself just as as make-believe rather than uh, it being based in in a medical disorder. Um, But the the tap code as well is very much a thing of, well, why would you have a tap code that you used to communicate with another person and then use it in a situation where they are demonstrably not there? And that's really, to me, that and the fact that the story sounds so much, as you're right, like a fairy tale, like something a child makes up to escape a bad situation. They'll pretend to be someone else or pretend to have a friend or, you know, that sort of thing. It's interesting that there's a there's a uh, one clip, well, a couple of clips where she she actually comments, are you filming this? Like, and she seems to change as a person at that point. So it's almost like hmm. she's almost willing to knowing that she's kind of going to give up herself in the end, like they're going to find something on her and she's kind mm. of playing the game and almost playing to the camera for that game. Like, you know, almost like somebody will be watching this in years to come <laughs> and, and yeah. piecing yeah, this yeah, together. Definitely. It's almost like she's a part, she's in that and which once again would support this split personality disorder because she's very aware of what she's doing. Um, and also that uh, between the two characters, whether it be twins or split personality, they're, they are actually different. Like they they speak tonally different. Although the voices sound identical, their their characteristics are just off enough that some things don't make sense. And even to the point that one drinks coffee and another one drinks tea. You could just argue, well, yeah. they're having coffee and tea and she just fancies a different cup every now and mm. again. But if you look at the videos, you know, the one with it's the long all, sleeves yeah. and the long hair always has a cup of tea. And the one with the, the short sleeves and, you know, the slightly more put tied up hair, yeah, yeah. has tied up hair and like, always has coffee. And you start to, you know, and this is what I get back to into saying, well, that then makes me believe that, you know, the writing and the acting 
are better than I'm giving it credit for or better than it's being delivered to me via, at this point, the phone screen. That a lot of this stuff is actually deliberate and a lot of this stuff is kind of playing into me, kind of kind of just throwing it to one side and going, well, that was just bad acting. And in fact, it could be that, you know, the acting is kind of portrayed in a way that is actually leading me to believe one thing versus the other. It's, it's odd. But uh, And that's kind of the crux for me is... Uh, from the acting to the dialogue to the clips I'm watching to the way I uh, sort of interact with it, it always keeps me second guessing. And I, in the end, and, and it was from the beginning, I had to believe that was all intentional, which is why I, I'm uh, more positive than, than you, Tony or Josh, uh, about the acting and the way it's delivered because so much of it seems intentionally keeping me second guessing uh, in the way that psychological thrillers uh in films would many of them many of them i've i've, I've made note of some in our, in our show notes um the likes of a primal fear or a memento or yeah. single white female uh, lapartement is a, is a great example of a psychological thriller that keeps you guessing uh by giving you information that causes you to doubt everything you know about the characters you've seen they just keep you on your toes and keep you unsure of what's real and what's not by telling you quite early on potentially that what you're seeing is not real or, or is in some way under question uh, and then just stringing that along and then it comes down to whether or not the payoff be it definite or be it still vague uh, is is satisfactory for for you um which is a big question I think a lot of people have about this game is when does it end and were you satisfied with that ending? I knew that the game was over, so to speak, that I had kind of figured everything out when I got the description of the how the murder happened, um, mm. that whole sequence of events. And by that point, I had my perception of the split personalities thing. And so, you know, I felt like I had solved the mystery. Um, and I, yeah, I, I found it very satisfying actually. I mean, I mentioned that I, I think that the twin thing is, is kind of silly, but it's, uh, I, I do like that it left it vague and it kind of reminds me of the, uh, I'm not remembering what it's called. Uh, Sherlock Holmes crimes and punishment. Was that the most recent Sherlock Holmes game? That uh, came yes. out? Yeah. 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 yeah 2014, kind of how the, uh, I've only played a little bit of it and I've been meaning to jump back into it, but, uh, how all the reviews were saying that once you solve a mystery, they don't tell you whether you're right or wrong, which I love because, you know, that's the way that real life mysteries work, you know, for people who have uh, uh, watched through making a murderer or anything like that. It's like, you don't know whether these people are guilty or innocent. You don't know how things actually happen. You have your best idea. And sometimes, you know, you have to imprison somebody for the rest of their life based on, uh, you know, an educated guess. And so I, I did like that there was no definitive end state, even though, you know, I wasn't necessarily in love with both of the possible endings. I like that it never told us which one was right. What is the pop-up you get on the screen that tells you you can watch the end credits? It's it's literally just asking whether or not you're done in the in the little chit yeah, chat icon. It's just, yeah, it gives you an icon, doesn't it? But the, the SB, yeah. um, are are you nearly done yet? And then you just it doesn't give you. You just have to type in an answer, and yes and no are are the obvious answers. At that point, I was like, okay, well, this it clearly wants to push me towards something, so I'm going to follow this mm -hmm. and the yeah. credits roll. And I was left there, kind of scratching my head. I'd I'd put a basic fundamental story around 
what I thought was going on. But uh, like I knew that I'd missed tons mm. of videos. Mm. It, you know, maybe I'd unlocked a hundred out of the hundred and seventy, uh, two hundred and seventy-eight videos. It's I, that mm. left me dissatisfied because I was very much well. You know, there's there's huge parts of the story here that clearly I haven't seen. Um, mm. Thus, you know, there's huge parts of the game I haven't seen, and yeah, that seems weird that because maybe I've stumbled across a few keywords faster than maybe I should have done. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I still, I still, there was lots of pieces of the puzzle that, yeah, even if they weren't key elements, like I felt like I still didn't know her as a character. Um, even if I'd worked out the conclusion, I I felt like, you know, I wanted to see her journey mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end and, and, you know, discover more about that. But going back and knowing more about the game and doing more research online um, and then messing with the game, hence after, the game has mm-hmm. become a lot more rewarding than, than my first playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue that, and we have done in the past when you have to do that with games sometimes that could be seen as a failure rather than a reward yeah, but sure yeah. um you know going back and i mean i would advise somebody if you do get a key out of the, a kick out of this actually you know going and looking at those videos as single playback video interviews does fit in a lot of the the cracks i think where <laughs> just keywords and and popping up random videos across random timelines doesn't quite for me, fulfill mm-hmm. the entirety of the picture that I was after. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that makes it a bit too straight lace for some people, but I think if you've solved the solved the crime but want to know more about the characters, it's definitely something wor- well worth doing. Is just watching all interview stuff back to back and actually finding out. You know, I think that that point split personality for me makes more sense because seeing it all back to back, it it seems to come off a bit more like you know she's well aware of what she's doing rather than two people mm-hmm. trying to cahoots together. I probably end up sounding like I'm downplaying uh, the, the story because what I end up saying is I, I'm always a sucker for a story that keeps me guessing, that is vague, that doesn't give me a fixed answer but asks me to uh, either come up with my own conclusions or to discuss it with someone else outside of the game. Um, so I, I struggled with uh, on our forums and with talking to people on Twitter uh, who who didn't feel that they got a good ending and they felt that the game needed a definite ending. Uh, and I, I, I was asking questions like, what would be a definite ending? Do you need to know the result? Did you just want credits? Because you can get credits. <laughs> They're there if you want them. Um, or, or did you actually need, no, no, here's it all spelled out and now you can watch the video through in order or you know something like that to kind of tie it all together. Um, because I, I, I didn't feel I needed that. I felt that being vague, not giving me an answer and maybe not even ever giving me, if I watched all the videos, enough information to satisfactorily come up with my own answer um, is was absolutely fine by me. I, I thought that worked really well. Um and I thought it spoke to you're you're there playing as Hannah's daughter, um, looking for answers that she is never going to get. There is no reason why her mother was locked away that is going to satisfy her in that. There's no reason why who I assume to be her father is ever going to. There's nothing that's going to justify uh, his absence in in her life. So, um, 
So I quite like the fact that the game left me feeling that way to some extent as well. Um, I've made a list here of the the critical response reception to, to the game. It, I think it's fair to say, and, and please disagree with me if if you think I'm wrong, overall, between the reviews it's received, uh, the, the sales uh, figures that we can get for digital games, and the laundry list of awards that this game has received for narrative, for game of the year, for uh, performances for, for Viva Seifert, um, and nominations it now has for Game Developers Choice Awards, IGF Awards, and BAFTA Games Awards nominations came out, uh, I think, last week. It's fair to say that this game received a pretty overwhelmingly positive response, to, to the extent that Her Story 2 was confirmed by Sam Barlow in a tweet that was a, a blurred document that just had Her Story 2 written up the top. Uh, and I think the only information we have is that the story will be unrelated, uh, but it will follow some of the same co- sort of themes and tenets of how her story was presented and, and what it was trying to achieve. So we have had quite a bit of feedback from the community. Um, I will fire us off with the first piece of feedback from Nicholas Cook, uh, 13 on our forums, who says, I like role-playing games. In fact, some of my favourite games of all times are RPGs. However, I never really find myself able to actually role-play them. I tend to view the protagonist as the integral part of the world through which the story is told to me, as opposed to a personal extension into the game's universe. This is not true about her story. As soon as I booted up its intriguing user interface with the word murder already typed in, I really became the detective trying to solve an old and forgotten case. This has undoubtedly helped a lot by the game's structure, or maybe more aptly put, lack thereof. No gatekeepers tie the player to a specific path. Instead, I was allowed and encouraged to follow my own instincts and exactly those leads I personally found the most promising. After watching the first couple of video clips, I started taking notes. Actual notes on actual paper, which again helped a lot to increase immersion. I constructed and rejected timelines, put down information on individual characters and tried to link them to others on top of the almost obligatory collection of important keywords, which I wanted to keep in mind for later inquiries once I ran into yet another dead end. There is more to her story than the unusual structure and engaging narrative though. Being FMV with only one person on screen for the whole experience, the game entirely hinges on the believability of a single actress. Viva Seifert delivers an amazing job in my opinion, especially considering that she is not a professional actress. Furthermore, Sam Barlow's incredible writing helps smooth over the rare rough edges with some clever tricks. There is a scene in which Hannah spills her coffee and reacts in a very unnatural way, which I put down to subpar acting at first. Only later did I realise that she could be acting to be acting badly in that scene due to what her character possibly tries to achieve according to the theories, to one of the theories inherent in the story. Unfortunately, I was a bit disappointed by the game's ending. It's far from being a deal-breaker, but it felt somewhat awkward and unnecessary. Most importantly, it broke the immersion by introducing the player as a character and thus diminishing my personal investment. Additionally, it made some of my research feel retrospectively out of character without really adding anything. If I were Hannah's daughter, I should be aware of a lot of things which I only pieced together in the game and that were, in fact, part of the mystery to discover. I would have preferred it if the game had let me choose my own ending at my own time, as it did so splendidly with all of the other aspects of its narrative. At this point, it's probably redundant to point out that I really liked her story. 
I played through it in one absorbing five-hour sitting and recommended it to a lot of people, most of whom actually already played it themselves in the meantime. Additionally, I found it to be an excellent choice to recommend to non-gamers. It's very accessible while showcasing the potential of the medium to be so much more than just a collection of war games, which is a point of view I still find myself confronted with rather frequently. Her story has no skill barrier and delivers compelling modern-day mystery that's pretty likely to send shivers down the spine of many people, not just gamers. Steve Count Stex on the forum says, I find her story a very hard game to categorize, uh, which instantly puts it in a good light. Often some of the best experiences to be had come from games which refuse to be stuck into a square hole no matter how hard you hit them. Perhaps some of its joy for an aged player such as myself is being back with an old classic text parser if a parser more in tune with the Google generation. After all, this is a game about simply typing words into a text box for a few hours. But where it works is in capturing the imagination. Crime dramas are so commonplace in the TV schedules these days that we all fancy ourselves as amateur detectives, and her story probably comes closer to the reality of police work than most, No car chases, no gunfights, just sitting in a room, fluorescent lights flickering, listening to stories. Fragments of information are being drip-fed, their chronology visible, yet obscured. My mind raced to make sense of what little I could put together. Clearly someone was dead. Was this woman the murderer? The spouse? No, wait, maybe both. No, there's another. Is there? Red herrings and dead ends come and go, and the story slowly lifts from the scribblings of my notepad. Connections form, change, strengthen. Truly, madly, deeply, I'm buried in this case. Her story, then. A great game, one I am glad to have played. However, do I see much of a future in this style of game? not without adding to the experience. Yet the more that is added, the more like every other game it will become. A moment in time, then. You had to be there, man. Yes, this is Gaio Pinto, who says, Her story is one of the more unique gaming experiences I've ever had. I'm having trouble summing up my overall thoughts on it because the appeal of the game came entirely from the moment-to-moment investigating, creating a hypothesis, testing it out, and then moving on to the next hypothesis formed a very engaging gameplay loop. Like many people, I took pages and pages of notes as I tried to puzzle it all out. After I finished the game, rereading those notes and charting my own epiphanies was one of the best parts of the experience. I thought actress Viva Seyfert was really good, and she did a great job selling the very pulpy, melodramatic story. I don't think this story works very well on its own, and anyone who just read a synopsis online would probably think it sucked, but I don't think that should be held against it. I think the plot needed to be this twisty and implausible in order for the gameplay of investigating all of the clips to work, and that gameplay was engaging, memorable, and completely one of a kind. Tony, would you read out the Roosters forum post, please? Her story was a game I stumbled upon while looking through the iTunes store. I thought it would give it a go at around 11.30. Once I've been playing Detective till about 2am, I was amazed. When the penny dropped on the first major twist, I was so excited to see what else lay ahead. After that, I was hooked. However, having random words written down on a pad and my wife finding it in the morning, needless to say, I had some explaining to do with some female names and an Edinburgh day trip. 
but I didn't know what to tell her without giving plot twists away. So I gave, it, gave her the iPad and said, figure it out yourself. The way the lights flicker when you stumble across important parts of the story, the sound of the computer, the typing in of the letters, all added to this wonderful experience. A great little game that proves you don't need an open world or unlimited guns to have a great game. All you need is a compelling story, which was brilliantly performed. Thank you very much. Uh, next one's from Alex79UK. I came to her story almost completely unaware of what it was, other than I knew you searched for videos to unravel a mystery. It only took me an hour or so in total to finish the game, and that included a few games of Othello that was loaded onto the police computer. It was an enjoyable hour, though, piecing together the story, working out what happened. The best part of the game was reading other people's theories and comparing them to my own experience. Ultimately, her story seemed like a very interesting experiment in storytelling. I'd have liked more of a definite ending, as I'm never overly fond of finales wrapped in ambiguity. I think the entire game mechanic could be used far more effectively as part of a larger story, perhaps even as a single puzzle in a police-type RPG, or even a more fleshed-out sequel. Her story was definitely worth a play, but it does feel like it's more of an idea than a full experience. Sean S. Thomas, who says, Having played Silent Hill Shattered Memories several years ago and been impressed by its psychoanalysis of me as a gamer, when the initial buzz around Sam Barlow's latest game, Her Story, hit Twitter, I bought it instantly. I'm very glad I did. I found it to be an incredible use of mobile and one which used the platform to its fullest rather than try to make it something it isn't. Her story is one of those ideas that is so simple you kick yourself for not getting there first. A database of videos you search in any order you like to unlock the truth. I've read that some gamers struck gold within a few searches, but personally, my unveiling of the tale occurred after an electric two-hour period. The revelation came into focus as other leads went cold, and when I put two and two together, an hour or so in, I had a genuine hair standing up on the back of my neck moment. The next 45 minutes were spent randomly trying words I felt may relate to the twist, and more and more tragic testimonials appeared. When I logged out at the third time of asking, I felt like I had solved a murder case all by myself for arguably the first time ever in a video game. To achieve this feat, there were obviously a few gaming conventions needed, namely a restriction on search terms. But I'm sure Barlow knew we'd all search for words like the and I, but it appeared that he cleverly made sure those five search results merely hinted at avenues to explore rather than giving anything important away. It's the one conceit the title gives you and what makes it a video game, but I had no issue with it. I love the aesthetic too. From the 80s computer interface via a flickering monitor lighting up your reflection when you're heading somewhere interesting, to the hint of police lights near the finale. The one part of the game I'm undecided about was when she picked up the guitar to play The Wind and Rain. I'm a fan of two bands she once played in, called Bikini Atoll and Joe Gideon and the Shark, so I was pleased to hear new material and I think it's a great piece of music, but at the same time, it did feel contrived that this traumatized woman would twice pick up a guitar and play a song that is essentially a confession, giving her previous elusiveness in the interview room. But overall, I think her story is easily one of the best games on mobile and one of the more interesting titles released in the past few years. It's an original, tense premise that made me feel like I'd solved a genuine puzzle, which is something few modern games manage to achieve. As always, along with long-form feedback, we ask on the day of recording for some short-form feedback in the, in the format of three-word reviews. If you follow us on our Twitter account, at Rince, we will put out a request on the day of recording for 
reviews of a game in no more than three words. In fact, in exactly three words. And we have a bunch of them, beginning with Gaio Pinto, who says, Aha! The tattoo. Tom Hewlett says, Wind and rain. The underscore rooster. The penny dropped. Alex 79 UK. Not quite enough. Uh, Nicholas Cook says, Dreadful wind, ampersand rain. And claims <laughs> it's still basically three words. Yeah, all right. Mm. <laughs> Nicely done, Nicholas. Matthew Voss says, Windows Movie Maker or Asynchronous Episodic Storytelling. Makes you work harder for that second one. Pytrick <laughs> says, Notebook on Lap. Roy42, Boring, Potentious Drivel. Xavier Fox Shandy says, Wind and Rain. And uh, Sam Barlow himself says, Battleship with Words. A really interesting way to describe the game being as. Uh, obviously Battleship, you're guessing at locations that mm, are going to yeah. be important. Mm, you're you're guessing good. at search terms there. Um, and uh, and I was talking to Leon earlier today who pointed out that that's a, an, a, an incredible way of a developer reducing what their game is to its, its absolute core element, really. And we come to our summaries. I'll go first because I, I think I can be fairly quick with this. I've, I've mentioned what I, I liked about the game and the one thing that is going to stick with me about her story is the moment I found out that there was a second name that this character or someone who looks like this character may be called, um, I'd actually seen one of the clips about the tattoo first. So I'd, I'd worked out by uh, induction, knowing that the tattoo is an apple and a snake, that her name must be Eve. Um, and then later on, she was referred to as Hannah. And I furiously grabbed at my notebook, sc- scoured through it to find the clip where I'd... I'd found out her name was Eve or decided her name was Eve and tried to go back and see if I could work out why there were two names and it just floored me that that was the point at which I realised there were two personalities. I hadn't seen enough to work out the tattoo was there sometimes and not others or I'd missed it. Um, and and that moment that and having taken all these notes and being so rigorous with it and imagining myself in the position of the interviewer grabbing for the notebook and having that eureka moment where they spot something that's not quite right. Um, that just absolutely uh, grabbed me um, in a way that my attention had been grabbed previously, but it just brought it all into really sharp focus, uh, what I was doing, why I was doing it, and what was at the core of this this story. So uh, that that's... A weird summary, perhaps, but that's something that's going to stick with me for uh, for as long as as I'll carry on playing video games. Uh, so for as long as I'll be alive. Uh, Josh, your summary. Yeah, I, I ultimately I didn't really enjoy uh, her story. I did get into the structure of the game. I liked being able to um, make notes while playing it and kind of feel like I was playing detective. But the more I learned about what was going on in the story, the less interested I was in the mystery. Almost the best part of the game for me was the beginning where I knew nothing. And the more layers I peeled back, the the less exciting that world became and the less exciting this character's story became for me. And I just think for a game that leans so heavily on story and performance as being its central uh, focal point, um, it's just not there for me. I don't think the performances are good enough. Uh, the performance, sorry, is good enough. Um, it's certainly not the worst, but I'm I'm sorry you can tell that 
this is a performance from an actor who hasn't uh, hasn't had previous experience um and the writing feels very kind of a level um drama school kind of unrefined and and including elements because all oh, that would be cool and not thinking maybe this would have benefited from cutting that out and i think the song is kind of the most um damning example of that of something that felt like it was included just because it sounded like a cool idea at the time but if if uh, an editor were to look at that i think they would think that's the first thing to go on the chopping block um yeah i i want to i really want to like this game because it's doing a lot of things that i respect and it's innovating and and doing different things and it's bringing ideas that we've long since abandoned and bringing them back and and I love all that but ultimately I I am a person unfortunately who cares more about craft than innovation um, which is a flaw I guess but I, I, I do care that this stuff meets a certain standard and for me it hasn't and um for me personally i i would recommend gone gone home over this because i think it's a much more successful um exploration of very similar themes and ideas uh ryan i feel very positively about this game overall i think that the structure of it is is pretty brilliant the implementation works for me pretty much without a flaw. I love that there are certain paths of inquiry that don't go anywhere. I love that there are, uh, you know, misdirections and, and things that, uh, that you would see in a real type of, you know, procedural uh, police documentation. Like the, the facts are messy and the, the facts don't always make sense and everything is a little bit off. And, uh, you know, as I kind of came to understand the uh, kind of the audacity of this crime and furthermore, how much I still didn't know about it, it did a really great job, as I said earlier, of, of really evoking a, a genuine sense of dread in me. And I found this experience to be really kind of creepy, just like watching in on a real murder. And from what I took from the story, and the fact that it has two kind of competing, maybe equally likely endings. I, I think that if the split personality ending was the one that you came away with, then that is a fantastic way to wrap up the story. It, it ties up all the themes really nicely and it adds a real tragic element of, uh, you know, this husband didn't, maybe didn't know or maybe was trying to save his wife from this condition but ended up stepping too far and paying the price for it and that that's really uh, genuinely tragic and uh, a, a great kind of tie up to this murder story whereas the uh the other kind of fairy tale twin sister ending i'm, I'm not really in love with but uh other than that uh that's the only real negative i could say about the game and overall i had a fantastic time with it i think that people should give it a try it's not expensive and it won't take long so uh yeah and there's there's no real skill barrier so hop on in and and fill out a, a three or four pages of notes like i did of just mad scribblings <laughs> everywhere so uh i'd i give it a thumbs up 
Excellent. Thank you very much. And the most recent of us to play the game, Tony, your thoughts? Battle shit with words. <laughs> um, <laughs> in all seriousness. Um, I think the game is better than the sum of its parts. And I think that's an easy way to kind of get out of an overall simulation. But I think it it could could have been presented a lot better. I think there's elements of it that I, I think if smartened up, it would have been a more compelling experience to sit down and play it. Um, I think some of that is down to the fact that although this game has been you know highly lauded and and gone on to sell you know a, a, you know, a fair amount of copies um, because of that hype or because of that um, re- you know, reaction from the, the, the critical press and nothing else I think it seems to have been you know jettisoned into a you know a, a fairly you know an atmosphere that maybe it wasn't expected to get to. I mean, I've I've played a lot of more, um, I would say, polished titles, like you know, the crime scene investigation games, which are a lot more about you know finding the DNA trial uh, trails and finding this you know the splatter of blood and and finding you know the reasons why somebody would you know kill their business partner and and tracking about that and quite often they are long drawn out boring affairs that actually turn out to be not that fun so i applaud this for doing what those those games have tried to do and just making it as simple as a text box and piecing together you know, essentially seven interviews, bit by bit, and then coming to conclusion. I just think the presentation itself maybe lets down the overall experience. Um, but the overall experience for me, first time was fairly muted, um, and I I felt that it wasn't until I put a lot more of my own kind of time and effort to want to understand the game and look around communities and talk about it with people that the game kind of found a, a higher plane of um, intelligence that I, I just feel that is very hard to, to get through just the first playthrough. Um, so I think I understand where Josh is coming from equally. I don't think I ever got quite to the point where yourself, James and Ryan got to. But I, I sit somewhere nicely in between all of that and, and say that it's it's relatively cheap. It's easy to pick up. Um, it's a, I think you'll know if you'll like it almost straight away from the off. Unfortunately, if you've listened to this show to this very point where I'm giving you my summary, <laughs> we've completely yeah. destroyed all uh, aspects of it. But, you know, that's that's not to say it's not worth going. So I did, I did eventually enjoy my time with this game, but it, it took me, I think, more of my own free will to, to make that happen than the game this yeah. Allocated. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for uh, for for doing that and enriching your own experience and ours by extension. That wraps up our thoughts on her story. It uh, just leaves me to say thank you very much to Joshua Garrity, Ryan Heyman, and Tony Atkins. I've been James Carter, and next time in issue two hundred and fourteen, it's nineteen eighty nine, and there's fighting on on the streets of Metro City, as Leon leads Carl, special guest Andrew Smith, and myself into our final fight. 